Welcome to the Elam St. John's podcast. Our teaching today was given by Pastor Fred Penny as a part of the Spiritual Disciplines series. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. And then by the will of God, also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. For since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, See that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eagerness, so, sorry, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Let us pray. So Lord, as we open your word today, we need to grow 
in the spiritual disciplines. And I pray that as we look at this passage of Scripture and the grace of giving, that we would learn and we would put into practice the Word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. This is probably the most dynamic and and, uh, thorough passage in the entire New Testament on the subject of giving and generosity. And there's lots of opinions about giving and money and the church and how things are handled. It can be a a controversial subject. It can be a, a polarizing subject in some circles. What's interesting here, of course, is Paul uses an interesting word over and over and over again. And that word is grace. He uses the word grace. I think it's um, five, six, seven times in the first ten verses of this passage. Let me just show you a couple of instances. We'll begin in verse one. We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. The grace God has given the Macedonian churches. Now look at verse, the end of verse six. This act of grace. Look at the end of verse nine. This grace of giving. So, so grace is the foundation here of this whole teaching about generosity. Now, what is grace? I like, I like this definition. Grace is divine influence upon the human heart that enables us to act on the commands and duties Christ gives us. It enables us to put into practice a spiritual discipline like giving. So grace leads to spiritual disciplines being possible. Now we have to take the responsibility and the ownership as God enables us and God helps us. This is the word grace. The divine influence upon our hearts And that results in gratitude. And gratitude leads to generosity. So notice the progression. Grace, gratitude, generosity. Grace from God to us. Gratitude to God for what he's done for us. I'll talk about that in more detail. And then the consequence or the outcome of us recognizing what God's done, gratitude leads to generosity. Now, some people say, well, how much? Should it be 10%? Can can I get by with 4%? Is is 10% a law? Is it a principle? Is it a recommendation? What is it? Are we, are we living in the Old Testament, Pastor? Are we living in the New Testament? You know, and it goes, it goes on and on. And you can read three different articles and probably get four different opinions. 
That's sort of sometimes how it seems to play out. But let me give you a little bit of the background. So in the Old Testament, you're all familiar with the 10% tithe principle. Well, on top of the 10% tithing, every three years, there was another 10% for helping people that were in, in poverty. And then there was profit sharing for the poor. In other words, when you, when you farmed your field, you left the, the periphery, you left the edges for the poor to come and, and take that food. And, uh, and then there were special projects, like when they built the temple, they had to take up a special offering for the building project. And uh, some scholars, you know, sort of say, well, if you look at this and look at this, and you kind of do the math and prorate it over every year, uh, the typical devout Jew was probably giving about 23% of their income to the wor- Lord's work. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? 23% of their income. Hmm. Well, um, here in Second um, Corinthians chapter 8, Paul says, I want, I want to tell you a little story in Corinth about the churches over there in Clarenville and Lewisport. They're in the Bible Belt, you know? I want to tell you about the Bible Belt. And the Bible Belt in uh, ancient uh, Roman Empire was Macedonia. Macedonia included, I think we got a, a, a map there we can throw up, but Macedonia included the churches in Philippi and uh, Thessalonica and uh, Berea. Those are, those are parts of Macedonia. Now today in modern geography, that would be a country called Northern Macedonia. It's north of Greece and it's near Serbia and Estonia in that area. So I don't know if you can see that, but the orange sort of in the middle at the top, that's kind of Macedonia. And, and Corinth is kind of straight south of there. So Paul says, you know, uh, the Macedonians, well, they have gone through a severe trial. He doesn't say what it is, but he says that the Macedonian churches, they've been through a tough time. That's number one. And number two, uh, they're poor. These are poor churches, and they're under severe trial. They've had um, a difficult season. But verse 2 says, look, here's the surprise now. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Isn't that amazing? How could that happen? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Well, that's why we have to read verse 1. The grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So, I want to underline this, this point this key point here in verse one, that giving is a grace. God enables us to give. God enables us to give. And 
Sometimes, you know, we make excuses, right? I can't afford to give. I've got a lot of bills. I'm struggling with debt. I'm a student, right? And we we make these excuses. And so, so Paul says here, well, the Macedonians, they were in a very severe trial and they were poor, but they were generous. Now, um, verse uh, three and four, come, we come across this statement here, entirely on their own, verse four now, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to God's people. Can you believe that? <laughs> Giving is a privilege. Do we believe that? (laughs) Do we believe that giving is a privilege? Uh, Many centuries ago, I'm not sure how far back we're going to go, maybe like a thousand years, there was a preacher named uh, John Chrysostom. And and John Chrysostom was known as the golden-tongued preacher. And now this might sound a little bit weird, but... um, his, his tongue, his literal tongue, has been preserved by the Catholic Church as an icon because he's known as the golden-tongued preacher. And here's what John Chrysostom said about this verse. He said, instead of Paul begging the Corinthians to give, the Macedonians were begging Paul for the privilege to give. Isn't that amazing? Paul, let us help. Paul, we want to help. We want to give. Can we give? That's the attitude, Paul says. They see giving as a privilege. Now look at verse 5. Giving starts, we've already said giving is a grace from the Lord. God's enabling. But look at verse 5 now. They exceed their expectations. But here's the key now. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. You see where that that takes us? It's a spiritual discipline. They say, Lord, everything I have, everything I am, everything I own is yours. Now that sounds a lot like Romans 12. Remember that verse in Romans 12? Paul says, therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your reasonable act of worship. So here we got the same idea. They said, Lord, all I am and all I have, all my hopes, all my dreams, all my ambitions, I give it to you because I trust you. Family, home, ambitions, finances, everything. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. You see how giving is a spiritual discipline. You see, if you do the math on giving, 
It doesn't make any sense. In other words, if you have $100 and you give the church $10, well, now you're short $10. <laughs> You've only got $90 left. So you'd be smarter to keep it because you might need that $10. But to give it to the church is an act of faith. It's an act of obedience because I'm giving myself first to the Lord. Paul goes on. Paul continues now and he says, giving, verse, um, verse eight, giving, sorry, I missed one. Number four, sorry. Paul says, excel in the grace of giving. Excel in the grace of giving. You excel in everything else, in faith, in speech, in knowledge. Um, also excel in this grace of giving. Notice again the word grace is found here. But Paul says, excel in this area. How do you excel in something? Practice. Intentionality. I, I would say, to excel in the grace of giving, one of the things I would say is start as early as you can. Start with your first job. As soon as you start a paper route or you know, a job at McDonald's or whatever the case, start tithing. Start giving. Start early. Practice. And establish into your budget and into your finances the first fruits go to the Lord. Establish that practice early. I, I, one of the, the best ways I've come across to look at your finances is you take 100% of your finances, you take 10% and you give it to the Lord, you take another 10% and you put it in savings, and then you live on 80%. Now some people... I think we, let's, let's assume you, you have a, your income, we'll call it 100%, and your spending is not 100%, your spending is 110%. So you're living above your means. You're spending more than you're earning. You know what that does, right? It creates debt and stress. Now, I'm not saying that's easy, and I'm not, I'm not even saying it's possible for everybody. Some, some people, budgets have been very, very tight. And um, I've been, you know, married for 35 years now, I think it is. And we've had, we've had mortgages, car payments. We raised four kids. Um, my wife never had a full-time job through all those years until just recently. So, so we, we've always worked on a very tight budget as a family. Uh, we've, we've never been extravagant, and I'm not, I'm not speaking out of theory when I say 10, 10, 80. I haven't always hit that target myself. But I would tell you, try to establish that kind of principle and adhere to it as best you can, being practically minded, of course. Paul says, excel in the grace of giving. Number five, verse eight. I'm not commanding you. I want to test 
the sincerity of your love. How we manage our finances says something about what we value. If we value the kingdom of God, if we value the gospel, we will support it financially. If we value the local church, we will support it financially. And so, you remember those words of Jesus, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you value and treasure the church, you will give and you will support it. Let's move on. Number seven, or number six, sorry. Giving is a response to the generosity of God. Giving is a response to the generosity of God. You've, you've heard the expression, you can't outgive God. Well, here's verse seven, or uh, uh, verse nine. Look at this beautiful verse. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's that word grace again. That though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. And he's talking about rich in the divine sense, in the sense of the glory of God and, the, and heaven. He became poor. That means he came down to earth. He became man. He humbled himself. So that you, through his poverty, his sacrifice, might become rich brought into the family of God. And so our giving is a response to the generosity of God. So Lord, thank you for your word today. And I pray, Lord, that over the next week, as we pick up this message next week for the second half, I pray that each of us, Lord, would reflect upon our own giving on how we manage and budget our finances. And I pray, Lord, that we would develop this spiritual discipline of giving and generosity. May your grace be at work in our lives, the grace that brings us to salvation, the grace that brings us to the family of God, the grace that brings the Holy Spirit to live and abide within us, and I pray, O oh Lord, that that grace would result in, in gratitude and that gratitude re would result in generosity. I pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.